You're listening to Clock Radio Speakers with Armand and Doc. And now, Side B. Welcome to Side B of this week's Clock Radio Speakers. I am Doc. I'm here with Armand. We just uh, we just finished Side A, which you, can, which you can check on clockradiospeakers.com or fourthdistrict.com. Side A, we talked about Jay-Z's B-Sides concert. We randomly compared title in the Amazon Fire phone. We talked about Twitter apps. We talked about what's coming next with streaming music. A whole lot of randomness, as always, from Clock Radio Speakers. So make sure you check that out. I'm on. So uh, what's good with you, man? What's new? <laughs> you know, I'm in, these, I'm in these streets, man. Kairos turns two this week. Kairos turns two. I know. That's incredible. Hey, yeah, that's nuts. Um, so we, we spent more time than we thought talking about the B-Sides concert. Not, not surprising. Um, so let's talk about, let's talk about the, the NBA playoffs real quick. Yeah. So uh, we were recording this. It is right now 745 Eastern. On uh, Tuesday night, the 19th of May. So that means uh, game one. Is it Western Conference starts tonight? Yeah, Western Conference is tonight. Eastern is tomorrow, I believe. That hasn't started yet. Um, And the NBA draft lottery is tonight. Very curious to see how bad the the Knicks get screwed out of the number. Well, not screwed, but the Knicks don't get the number one pick. That's always funny. There's always reminders that I follow too many people from New York on Twitter, and this Mm. is one of those nights. (laughs) Although, if the Knicks win the number one pick, they're going to be insufferable for the next month. Oh, man. Yeah, Knicks fans and Laker fans are like, y'all are, oof. So, it, it, if, you're, if, you're, if you're rooting for Laker sabotage, you want them to get out of the top five. Because if they get out of the top five, the 76ers get their pick. Mm. So, that means that somebody from, from you know, who has, a, who has a better record needs to jump them. That's one, I love those moments in the lottery. Like, you're watching it. And it's like, okay, you're in the position we thought, you're in the position we thought. And then it's somebody else in the room, like the audience at the lottery, there's like a murmur. And then the, the, the announcers are like whispering. They're like, Phoenix has just jumped into, you know, it's like this really conspiratorial. <laughs> I love that. I love, I love the NBA draft though. Yeah. I love, you know what? Cause I just love, I love the possibilities, but what I love about it is, so first of all, like the NFL draft is way too long. Like how many, how many rounds is it? Five? It's seven rounds over three nights. And Shout then y'all who like go to the third night of the NFL. Uh, Maybe they maybe they had a few adult beverages before. Few, <laughs> um, but see, I love the NBA draft because in the NBA, yes, it is all about the team. But because there's only five players playing at one given time, and because superstars do matter, like the right draft pick can change, like almost overnight in some cases, right? Can change, uh, can change a team. And conversely, if you if you are a bad team, like if you are trying to rebuild but you like whiff on two drafts in a row like you're not you're done right and so it's so fascinating to watch no other sport has that combination of sort of hope and comedy but also importance for the draft hope and comedy just glad your man comic sans dan ain't gonna be in there oh uh, that is the worst part about lebron doing well in cleveland that's more money going in dan gilbert's pocket Ugh. Man, I'm very scared. Not scared, but uh, I mean, you know, Dan Gilbert and all those investors—they bought a lot of in Detroit. Yeah, they bought up like all of Detroit. Yeah, and my, uh, you know, my dad lives out there, so you know, just him telling me things aren't changing, but he 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 pretty much tells me you kind of feel it in the air. Like the next ten ten to twenty years, Detroit is going to be this major metropolitan city, aggressive metropolitan city, and your man's going to be behind that. So I don't know about that. Um, nah, man. Like they have no. They, as bad as Detroit is, they have nowhere to go but up. No, I don't disagree with that. It's just that I mean, Dan Gilbert doesn't really care about it being progressive. He just cares about making money. Well, um, that's what I mean. It's progressive in a way, not to where because I believe that Columbus is 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 turning into a progressive city. So I think in the next you know two to four years, progress. What do you like, mean by progressive city? I guess we should start. So there. when I say progressive city, I mean like you know culturally, like. A lot of ideas are going to come out of here. A lot of creativity comes out of here. A lot of new jobs are going to come here. Um, a lot of companies are going to be birthed out of here. Like I just see um, just a lot of things that are going to um, sort of make a mark on our country in the next few years come from Columbus or, or Ohio in general. Is it going to be like major? Some of it, yes. Some of it will be local. Some of it will be regional. But I think Columbus, like, there's just, it's just ripe. For something like that. I think Detroit, like you said, when Detroit's progressive, I think their progressiveness is going to be primarily financial. It's not going to be organic. There's an organic sense of 
progressiveness that's coming to Columbus. I think Detroit is going to be, hey, we're going to put $10 million on like this thing and you're going to like it. And Detroit's <laughs> going to be like, yeah. You know, so it's different. It's just different. It's just different. So NBA playoffs. NBA playoffs. Let's go. Um, speaking of Cleveland, Cleveland, Atlanta. Yeah, let's start it. Let's start in the East. Um, Atlanta's got home court, but you never know it because it seems like everyone's picking Cleveland. Right. Um, I was stunned at how badly the Bulls lost in that last game. Well, you heard, you've heard what's going on, right? You heard I the story? Heard, I heard there's a little, there's a little problems with Jimmy Butler and Derrick Rose. Yeah. A little bit, a little bit of the problems that everybody always thinks is happening in Oklahoma City. Right. Mm-hmm. Who, who, Who's the star? That's an interesting Derrick Rose in general is just an interesting case for Chicago. Where, you know, on on his best nights, he kind of looks like the old the Derrick Rose of old. Sure. But he's not, right? It's no I mean, you like if you wanna if you wanna look at the Bulls' success in the playoffs, it's pretty straightforward. The nights, the games where they had two days in between games versus one day in between games, there's a huge difference in Derrick Rose's stats. He's just not physically able to do it, right? He's all, I mean, you almost have to put him on the Dwayne Wade schedule, but he's so, but he's so young that people don't, don't think that that's the case. Right. Right. But I don't, you know, I don't know if it, maybe his legs will be there or maybe they can get close to there, but they're not there yet. Gotcha. So I was still surprised at how bad that was because there've been, I mean, the Bulls are famous for this, right? Like, I mean, they what they beat Brooklyn was it two years ago or one year ago in that game seven like Brooklyn just gave up and they were like totally undermanned they injured didn't matter they just like to watch that game was just like I mean because Cleveland's you know Kyrie's banged up Love's not in there and and Chicago just got like manhandled at the end of that game yeah um so I was surprised to see that you know (laughs) 20 points in the deciding game the nature boy Matt Delavadova (laughs) I'm saying putting cats in figure four leg locks and getting them ejected. I mean, there's 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 something going on. I'm saying. And then on the flip side, you've got Atlanta, who they barely they barely escaped Washington. Yeah. Have you ever seen a series deciding a potentially series deciding shot like be like missed by that much time? Like it was like what a tenth of a second too late? Yeah. Tops. Yeah. Crazy. Um, Yeah. I totally get. You know, I'm I'm not. You know, I'm not the biggest fan of wheelchair poly. Yeah, wheelchair poly. But you know, his response, like, yo, like, I totally get it. Like that, that, that take that takes any sort of motivation out of anybody, right? Like that. Yeah, that was crazy. So, but to see, I mean, Atlanta struggled. Um, they, you know, they almost they barely won that that game six, but they did win. So I think most people expect. I'd say, I don't know most, I'd say more than half of the people, which I guess took the most, right, expect Cleveland to win this series. I, I suspect this will end up like most LeBron series. I think the Cavs will start slow. And we'll find out when this episode airs if I'm, if I'm right. I think the Cavs, will, they typically start slow and then they pick it up and it'll be like a six or seven game series. And I have no idea who's winning. How do you feel about it? Um... I think uh I think Cleveland's going to the final. I think Cleveland's going to the final. Are you concerned at all about Kyrie? Uh no. Nah. The, honestly. Like <laughs> I just I just don't The the one know. thing that's interesting is I mean Atlanta, they still haven't played a really great game yet. Like I know you didn't that's really how, see- that's what I was about to say. Like the thing about Atlanta, you talked about them consistently. I would always ask you, yo, so how does Atlanta look like? How is Atlanta in first place? Um, and you would tell me, you know, they, they played sort of a Spurs style of basketball, but it was, you know, it had some tweaks to it. You know, they looked really good, really efficient, et cetera, et cetera. Every round I've seen them in, this, in these playoffs, they're they very sloppy. They have not played that well. Their shots just haven't been falling as well. You can't, you can't beat a LeBron-led team like that. Well, what I'm, but see, here's the thing. I mean, what, I guess what I'm saying is, I mean, it's, a, it's kind of a test. I mean, maybe it's a testament to the weakness of the East, but they haven't really played a great – they haven't played – too many really good games in this playoffs total, but here they are, home court advantage in these conference finals. Like, but they're about to get a serious reality check with with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Even even though they're beat up, I just I think LeBron. I really think that LeBron had not want to say low expectations, but I really felt like this season he he was like we're not going to win a chip this year, which is why I'm so mad at you know Oklahoma City and Chicago and you know even the Clippers like. Oh, the Clippers are Clippers in a second. Yeah. Like, this was your year. You had LeBron in obvious, like, you know, old head mode. So, like, you got your shot. 
Now you've got LeBron in, a, in an instance where, you know, um, I think Golden State is probably, I mean, we're, I'm, I'm speaking yeah, ahead. Yeah, yeah. You know, Golden State's probably the favorite out of the four teams. I would but say they're so. not invincible. But they're not invincible. They're not invincible, but they're so flexible um, with what they can do that even if, you know, somebody gets in foul trouble or anything like that, they can they can figure it out. And yeah, if Curry, when Curry's on the bench, they're not the same team, but he's an MVP and you show me any team over the years who when their MVP sits on the bench that they're the exact same team, right? That's it just doesn't happen. So I definitely think that, I mean, we could, we could go out West real quick and we could sort of circle back. I mean, Golden State, they look like they've got it back. Like it kind of feels like they kind of got punched in the mouth a little bit by, uh, by Memphis and then they figured it out. Um, particularly match up well with Houston. Basically, if Houston's going to win, they have to hope that Josh Smith continues to play like the best version of Josh Smith. Like when Josh Smith is jacking threes and he's making them, you might as well just give up. Fam. It's not your night. Fam. Josh Smith. I can't believe I woke up to that. <laughs> I could not believe I woke up. And, and Josh Smith ain't trash by any stretch. No. But like, like fam, y'all was up. Like I fell asleep. Y'all were up 19. Right. And, you know, in credit and give credit to, I mean, basically that's a case of, you know, vets. Like they, they knew what to do. They weren't going, you know, they, they weren't ready to give up. They could have given. They could could have given up. They weren't ready to give up. Um, but this Golden State team matches up really well. They got tons of guys that can throw it hard. And, um, yeah, they got. They're so flexible with what they can do in the post. They can play big. They can play small. Like they are a really bad matchup. Yep. Um, so I think the Rockets are playing really well right now. They are. But I almost, you know, you almost have to wonder. I mean, maybe I don't know. Dwight's gonna have to be like Dwight. Like he, he has been. He has been. He has been. Like if. If Dwight, I mean, I don't know. They have. There's, I'm not. I'm not trying to play like pundit or anything. But you know, if they really want to try to get, you know, anytime, anytime they go small, if they really want to try to get Dwight going, try to get people in foul trouble, like you know, I think we saw that in the Memphis series a little bit. Like they got Draymond Green in foul trouble, and then it wasn't this, you know, then everything started shifting, and then they got they just went inside and they they tried it, you know. Um, no, I just think that I think Golden State's playing so well right now. I think they match up so well against um uh, against uh, Houston that. Yeah, I just don't. If Houston makes it to Game Six, that's a victory. You think so? Yeah. Wow. I think Golden State's really good. You think Houston's? You think Houston's pretty close? I mean, I, I, I could, I could see the series going six. I don't see it going five. I, I think five is the is the answer. Wow. Like they just I mean, have. I, I mean, the Warriors are winning, but I, yeah, I see it. I see Warriors in six. I don't see it in five. Jeez. So, but we both we both see the Warriors winning. Um, yeah. And now East, you think it's Cleveland? Cle- yeah, it'll be it'll be Cleveland Gold State in the finals. You think Cleveland in six? You know, I, against, I, against Atlanta. Uh oh, against Atlanta. Yeah, I mean six is a safe bet. I'm gonna go with the safe bet. Yeah, I think it's it's either Cleveland in six or Atlanta in seven. Because if it gets to a game seven, it's a mm, lot. You can you can see Cleveland imploding. And I don't know Atlanta. about implode. Imploding maybe isn't the right, the right word, but there's a lot of guys who don't have a ton of deep playoff experience in that team. So let's just say let's just say that if even if, I mean, it, part of it too depends on Kyrie's health, right? I mean, if Kyrie's healthy, who knows? But if Kyrie is even a little hobbled, if, because for all, you know, as, as not great as Atlanta has looked, they were a 61 team. So if if LeBron can drag a Cleveland team that's missing one of its three best players and the and then its second best player is hobbled, if he can take them into a game seven on the road against a 60-win team and come out ahead, I mean, people won't really give LeBron the credit, but that's an incredible achievement. Like, I, th- I feel like in a weird way, LeBron is underrated now. <laughs> yeah. I think he, you know, I, th- I think he um, he's learning how to pick his spots in some case. So you don't get to, you know, sometimes on defense, he's not the same, but like what he's, he, he's what ahead. he has to do for that team is crazy. When he's not in there, that team is like, no. Yeah. But he's 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 slowly developing his crafty veteran game. Oh, he's gonna be such a crafty vet. Harden's oh, gonna a- Harden's gonna be an he's gonna be an irritating vet. He's already irritating. He's so already he's like- got the crafty vet. He's like he's got the old man game except he's young. He's only gonna get worse. So he's gonna he's gonna reek of Paul Piercery. Oh. Um he's that a and uh and you know, some Bruce Bowen. Sort of like irritant. Oh man, bro. that's what I'm saying. Bruce Bowen and, uh, and since Harden yeah. and Harden can shoot, so he'll be, he'll be playing. He'll be playing as long as his shot doesn't leave him, which I doubt it. And yeah. as he get as as he gets older, he'll only get better at it. So because that's how these guys do, right? He's gonna be chilling in a corner. He'll be chilling in the corner ten years from now. 
for I some playoff him, team. I can see him play. I can see him playing for the Spurs. He'll be, oh Spurs move the ball amazingly well. Well, who in ten years? Who knows? But he'll be chilling in the corner for some playoff team, just hitting threes and looking like he somehow got fouled, even though somebody barely touched him. <laughs> he'll lead the league in four point plays. Um, oh, I'm admittedly, I, I think what James Harden does for that offense is ridiculous. I think, other than LeBron, I don't, I don't know if any other offense relies on a single player as much. But it's also just not aesthetically beautiful to watch. I think he's yeah. like watching him on occasion sort of flail, and you know, there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of players that complain about the refs, but there's just something about watching Harden. I just want to punch him in the mouth. Uh, All I, think, I, I think the White has a good series against White. I think the White has a good series against uh, Golden State, though. See, the the only problem is like they can really match up with him however they want. They can either play, put they can they can do because Bogut can play defense. Like yeah, they they can put Bogut down there, or they can really mess around and they can go small with Draymond and put Draymond oh. out in the corner. And now, now what are they going to do? Oh, and you're and and you force Dwight out. Yeah, like they they they're just so flexible. Like I, I don't know. I think they're a bad matchup. Anyway, um, it should be. Has it been an entertaining playoffs? Uh, yeah. From what I've seen, what I've seen. I mean, Jesus, you had the you had the you know the the three game winners like in three nights. That was crazy. No. Um, it was. I the, think my only heartbreak was seeing the Clippers implode like they did. I really, really wanted them to win. I wanted to at least see. A, uh, a Clippers Warriors Western Conference Finals. Yeah, Clippers Warriors Western Conference Finals would have been really good. Um, the Clippers are well; they just don't have enough guys. <laughs> yeah, they were tired. They were done. Yeah. They play like then, six guys, seven if you count Austin Rivers. Like they play, you know, they play seven guys. That's it. And uh, you know, and they're not a slow team. It's not like they're you know ninety three Knicks walking it up the court. You know, they're not super fast, but they're also you know. Those are hard playoff minutes. Yeah. So, nah, I don't know. Um, I, you know, a lot of people complain about Doc Rivers, the GM, and you know, rightfully so. I mean, they just didn't have enough. They didn't have enough people. That's why you get all those. I mean, it hasn't. Ironically, right? It hasn't worked in Cleveland. Although you think at some point they're gonna dust off the the old heads at the end of the bench and they'll get a moment. Um, I don't know how, but maybe they will. Maybe they've been saving them, <laughs> telling Mike Miller, look. You're not moving at all for the entire playoffs. We're saving you in case you have to go chase Kyle Korver around for an important fourth quarter. I don't know. They've got something in mind. But like that's why you get like guys like Houston had like Jason Terry, uh, Corey Brewer, guys who played important minutes in the season, but they didn't play like incredible minutes. But in the playoffs, yeah. Or even what the what the Wizards did with Paul Pierce. Pierce didn't play at the four at all the entire season. Playoffs come. Oh, here's a new stretch four. Wheelchair Polly. Yeah, that's true. Um, but no, I'm excited. It's been a, it's been a really good playoffs. Um, NBA is just like they've had a really great last couple of years. Yeah, they have. Yeah, people forget. Did you watch the Iverson documentary? No, I haven't watched it yet either. But you know, there was there was, there was a little <laughs> rough patch of NBA, and people always reference you know after Jordan retired. But there was another one like in the 2000s that was kind of yeah. yeah. Some of those some of those uh, draft classes didn't work out. You know the uh, oh, I'm trying to think. Like the Kenyon Martin, like the 2000, 2001, 2002. A lot of struggle. struggle. You know, I mean, it was, oh, look at, you know, Garnett and Kobe and McGrady. Like these guys came right out of high school. Look what they did. So the chances they took on young players, you know, those first, that early 2000s was, some of it was a little rough. Um, Anything else NBA you want to talk about? Nah, let's get into this music, man. All right. You want so there's one one of these albums we're going to talk about, which I, I think I want to start with first, which is the Mayor Hawthorne Tuxedo album. Mm-hmm. I, I really should say it's Mayor Hawthorne and, J- and Jake One, right? Yep. Um, tuxedo album. So this and the Snoop album, which we're going to talk about after that, are what I would call warm weather albums, right? Yep. Like you can't, you're not listening to these albums when it's like 30 degrees outside and you got your Tims on. <laughs> you can't two step in Tims. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're a New Yorker, you. Really- <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. No, nah, they York do the rock away. They don't. They don't two step. <laughs> uh, I see somebody. I see somebody say they was bringing your herd back, and I'm like, yo, your herd <laughs> left. Like, go to New York, yo. Like, I know oh. bad New Yorkers would probably be like, you heard? I, I flex. Pro- you heard? <laughs> Oh man, that's another classic Clock Radio Speakers episode. Whatever episode that was when we was talking about uh, chicks with New York accents. 
<laughs> we're talking about you you show up you show up to the date and she's uh what song were we talking about i can't oh she's like listening to the, i don't know some thugged out new york 90s music she's listening to uh, the war report listen no she look you like uh like cnn bang bang you know you're you're like trying nah. to set the mood god <laughs> <laughs> you know i cooked you dinner and all that you know what i'm saying it's the god hour it's the guy. Yeah, she can be like, "Yo, you want to come? You want to come over to my house for dinner, son? <laughs> Yo, what time you? Yeah, yeah, sure. What time you want me to come over? Come by at the guard hour. <laughs> no, no, five percent New York chicks for you, huh? Uh nah, I'm good. I'm straight. They, they've got, they've got, they got like these are my, these are my summer weight tims, and these are my winter weight tims. <laughs> Oh man! You can find. I don't remember what episode that was, but Doc and I went off for like fifteen minutes <laughs> about <laughs> chicks in New York accents or whatever, trying to be sexy. But anyway, anyway, so yeah, these are warm weather albums. Well, thanks for getting us back on track here. Um, I, I did it for once. I'm usually the one that keeps us like way off, and you got to reel us in. So, so the Tuxedo album came out a couple months ago, right? Yeah, it's been out for a minute. I think like in September. No, 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 no. Came out in March. Huh? Yeah. It's been out. Nah. Some of the songs have been out. Nah, I remember I remember listening. Okay, whatever. All right, I'll take it. Whatever. You probably got Wikipedia. Up, so. I'm, I'm heading there. Looks I like... Out like in the, I thought it came out in the wintertime. I remember listening to it, and I remember it being cold. And I remember like texting you or something. I was like, yo, this Tuxedo album, like, as soon as the weather breaks. Yeah, like I think this, it was like maybe February? Might have been. Might have been top of the year like that, and not the end of the year. But, but Right, but some of the stuff, um, you know, like, uh, you know, Do It has been out for a little while. But um, I have track-by-track track notes on this. Do you want to talk about every song on this? How do you want to do this? No. Okay. I'm going to tell you why with both of these albums. Oh, well, we, let's talk about Tuxedo first. Okay. Because well, they're okay. very different albums. To me. to me, they're not. Oh, boy. Um, well, they are, but they're not. Like, Snoop is more of a 70s. This, like, this is like straight up 80s funk R&B pop. Was um, that Tuxedo? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and for me, oh, I'm sorry. Go, you know, you, I was just about to go in and I realized now nah, you still had a point to me. All, all I'm going to say is, and I'm going to get into it. Um, this is not to me this is not an album that you pick a song out. To me this this was an album that sounded better when I let it ride. I let the whole album play through. It felt better, it sounded better. Cuz when you start skipping, if you're not familiar with the album, some of these songs can kind of run into each other. Some of them. Um so I realized pretty early on this was not the album for me. Part of it is I don't really like that sort of 80s R&B sound that they're mimicking. Part of it is, and this is ironic, right? I'm a Mayor Hawthorne fan, right? Yes, I've been to numerous live shows and he had, you know, he, actually on almost every album, he has essentially mimicked a different style of music, right? He did like the 80s Steely Dan style stuff. He's done like the late 60s soul, he did some like mid 70s stuff. Like he's sort of done these different time periods. I'm fans of those time periods. I'm not really a fan of this sort of like, the like whatever, like the end of disco and then whatever the heck happened to some R&B in the early 80s. Like that's just not my thing. Like this, this whole album reminds me of like when I was first start like trying to grab old records so I could sample them. And I would mistakenly, I'd be like, oh, an Isley Brothers. Like, I don't have that album yet. And I'd be like, oh, it's an 80s Isley Brothers. That's not what I'm looking for. But that's me as a music fan. Like, this is not. So then to have, like, sort of an entire album based off that. uh... And then a lot of this really runs in together. Like, thankfully, like, when Two two Wrongs finally gets in, you're like, okay, a change of pace. Because, like, the first four records are dance records. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't really like this that much. Even like letting it run through. The songs are kind of like in that uncanny valley where it's like they sound like they should be good, but it feels like they're just kind of going through the motions a little bit. You know what mm. I mean? Mm. Like, I don't know. Like, Baron Hawthorne started off as a guy who famously really couldn't sing that well, right? right. But he put like that sort of e- effort and verve into it. So you could like, like when I'm singing along to like R&B records... Like, at some point, if the guy has the, the right sort of voice for it, you know, I'm looking for that, like, really kind of over-the-top falsetto because that's what people sing along to. Like, right. they, they sing along to that, like, I'm giving it all they got. Right. This album, there's no effort on this album. It feels very like, yeah, we're cool. We got the shades on. We're making some music. It's all good. This album's way too cool. <laughs> okay. Okay. But I'm, 
I'm I'm being pretty harsh on it. Sounds like you liked it more than that. Well, I liked it, but I'll say this though. Um, somebody asked me a few months ago, like what I listened to, um, and I listened to the artists that inspired this album. <laughs> so I was trying to think of examples, but they didn't. It didn't work. So you know, it's not like you know I'm listening to Nas when Nas came from Rakim and Cool G rap because Nas took what they did and expounded on it. And it's not like me listening to Angelus when I could listen to Jay-Z. Shout shout out to Angelus. I don't know if anybody remembers who Angelus is. 45. Yeah. So, like, you know, because then that's disrespectful to the Tuxedo album because I think it's a solid album. But, you know, for me, it's like, why should I listen to this artist? You know, we, okay, so it's like, it's like Drake. It's like, you know, why would I listen to an artist who's obviously mimicking Drake when I can just throw in So Far Gone or take care you know so for this you know it just made me go back and listen to Shalimar and Patrice Russian and Evelyn Champagne King and you know stuff like that that I was already listening to that 80s funk pop rock right. that I that I kind of grew up on as a kid you know I'm like well this is good but I'll just go back to the original and you know get something better to me so. yeah see and I suspect that Mayor Hawthorne and Jake one grew up on that same sort of music mm-hmm. clearly like I think this is a, a this is an effort of love right I don't think they did it thinking yeah we're gonna kind of do this and we're gonna cut like I don't you know I'm, I'm, not, I'm not that cynical right but like me as a listener I did not grow up on that so to, I don't I don't even I don't even have that like oh this kind of reminds me of that like I don't even have that you know what I mean gotcha. I'm, I know what that music sounds like but I didn't hear that I didn't really familiarize myself with that until like I was probably what a teenager even in my 20s sure so you know I don't even have the nostalgia of that yeah sure. nostalgia for me I don't know I guess if you know some rappers start sounding like you know 38 special or ZZ top like that'll be like the music I heard growing <laughs> gotcha not as real not as real you know um and even then, I'm just going to think, oh, that's what my parents listen to. You know, I'm not. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I uh, I was pretty disappointed by this. But I'm not at all surprised because I feel like people really liked Do It. And I never really loved Do It. So to me, that was sort of a, hmm, maybe I'm missing something. Here. How did you feel about uh, number one, Jack and Ain't No Fun? Uh, <laughs> that's the last track. I'm, uh, I'm going to keep it real. You didn't like- get that far. I didn't get that far. <laughs> there you go. And it, again, it wasn't, it's not a diss. Like, again, like the album was cool. Um, and I know I'll probably be listening to it this summer, but I would get like four or five tracks in and it would just make me go back to the stuff that I mentioned mm. earlier. Well, well, let me tell you something. See, I definitely won't, I won't be listening to Tuxedo. Like, uh, I probably should take it out of my iTunes, but I'll keep it there. Um, the other album that I want to talk about to me is way better. And I, I actually can't believe how much I like this album. That's Snoop Dogg's album, Bush. Um, <laughs> I don't even think this is a Snoop Dogg album. Well, let's get let's get a couple things clear. <laughs> Pharrell and Charlie Wilson featuring Snoop Dogg album. Yes. That's I, exactly. however, am completely okay with that. Yeah. And in yeah. fact, the less Snoop on a song, the better I am. Uh, Snoop, doesn't, Snoop doesn't bother me on this album. No, no, he doesn't. But that, that's actually a very interesting turn of phrase. He's not bothering anybody on this album because this is not his album. What's actually stunning is that this isn't co-labeled as a Pharrell album. Right. Because guess what? This is a Pharrell album. This is a Pharrell album. In fact, some of these are NERD songs, which... See, now, when I said that about Tyler's album, you were like, wait, no. I was like that because that's a high standard. I love some of these songs. Some of them are cool, but I love some of these songs. Which ones do you love? I want to go track by track on this, actually. You go right ahead. It's by ten. Yourself. It's ten songs. I don't have track by track notes, but that's right. okay. California Roll with Stevie Wonder. California Roll is crazy. It's good. Are you bugging? California Roll is nuts. like obviously. So is Stevie Wonder on the harmonica. Um, it's it's pretty obvious right off the bat that okay, this is a Pharrell song. It's a cool song. It's a good chill opening song. But you okay? So California Roll I, is yeah, like I like, song, I like the song a lot. It's a great opener. I think it's a good opener. Uh, this city, um, another good song. Like when this beat kicks in, I'm almost getting flashbacks to like early Khalees a little bit. Mm. So you were a bigger fan of earlier Khalees than I was. Yeah, those first two Khalees albums are real serious. Um, but yeah, again, like a nice good song. Like it's a danceable song. Like Charlie Wilson's the man. Who doesn't love Charlie Wilson? Oh wait. Oh, there's a lot of Charlie Wilson on this. A whole. Lot. But there's a stretch that starts at "Are You a Freak" that I want to talk about because "Are You a Freak" is fan. 
fantastic. These Pharrell beats are better than what he had on his solo album. You don't say. Now, when I said that about Girl, yeah, yeah, that was crazy. Well, we we caught backlash because we didn't love Girl like everybody else did. Um, I think you and I both know what Pharrell is capable of, right? And for I guess in retrospect, Girl felt a little safe. Mm, yeah, definitely. Because of the Pharrell image, you know, there's a certain type of record that, you know, I think, I don't want to say happy boxed him in. You're right, though. Happy, like, put him in a position where he had to make a certain type of album. Yeah, it did. Happy, happy got so big that it, like, you can't, you can't put Are You a Freak on the same album as Happy. Right, because you've got, you've got moms buying this album. You've got kids buying this album. Like, you've got top 40 all over it. Like, but, you know, I want to hear, I, I, I think moms want to hear, you know, she's DTF because she's down to feel. Like, I, you know. Said, I think moms want to hear that. <laughs> you think you want to play that for your mom and see what she say? She'd be cool with that? She might be two stepping. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I, yeah, I, 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 so I say that to say, that's why I felt like, Tyler's album and Snoop's album. These were, I mean, that may be why this Snoop album, he wasn't listed as a, as a co-contributor because he wanted to play the back. Like, yo, let me just produce this album. Let me oh, get all these creative juices he, out. He didn't just produce. He's clearly writing. Like, yeah, well, these, are, I mean, these, are, for, like, these are Pharrell songs right. for the most part. Um, but what's interesting is like some of this stuff is really like throwbacks to older stuff. Um, but Are You a Freak is fantastic. Awake might be my favorite. Mm. It's an NARD song. The guitar riff is great. The hook is amazing. I love the Pharrell little, hey, in the background. Baseline, like everything. Like, I love Awake. I'm guessing you're not as big on Awake. No, I'm, I asked you which record you liked. Right, so Are I'm You a Freak, real, like, I'm Awake. I'm still listening to this album. So there's 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 uh, there's two records, in, and that's not a diss, but there's two records that really jump out at me. So Many Pros is fantastic. So Many Pros is good. I love the pre-hook. I love the hook. Charlie Wilson, the God. I'm just, wa- I'm walk, I'm really just walking around my house singing so many pros. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna keep it real. I, I don't like the word pros as a replacement for what it's for. I blame Ludacris for that because I hate area codes. Ah, God. Oh. I hated. I got pros. It was terrible. What do you mean you got? You've got professionals. That's right. <laughs> he said that. I just caught that. <laughs> Ah, I've got professionals. <laughs> That's no. Mm-mm. Nope. Nah. I so. love so many pros. Um, Peaches and Cream. So what's actually kind of weird about this is, so some of these songs actually say featuring Charlie Wilson, but they all have Charlie Wilson on them for the most part. Yeah, for the most part. Um, Peaches and Cream yeah. actually says featuring Charlie Wilson. Um, it's a cool song. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there. During the hook especially, there are these, like if you listen on, on headphones, you'll hear them in your, in your right speaker. Uh, there are subtle whistles in the background that, because we we love Swiss beats, just make me laugh so hard. Because um, it really, you can tell for else, just like hitting the whistle thing on the keyboard. Um, edibles with Ti. Those drums are a straight 2002 Neptune's throwback. I heard that bass drum and I was like, wait a minute, I have that bass drum. Oh, <laughs> uh, secret to like a huge like half my beats is they're like half Neptune's drums and half everything else and they're all layered like i use i use old neptunes like drum kits like crazy um because you know i love neptunes um ti is cool the hook is okay edibles is all right i love i knew that nerd sense like crazy love the hook it's catchy um charlie wilson's great on it love it now i know you love runaway yes runaway i like a good Gwen stefani song like <laughs> runaway is good Runaway is the I love I love the hook. Is Snoop even on Runaway? Yeah, he's on it. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> That's the yeah. thing. Like I, you're right. I don't mind Snoop, and this is an interesting role for him. But like, I don't know. Why not just call this a Pharrell album? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. R- R- Run. I like Runaway though. It's a good song. How do you feel like? How do you feel like Ami Dog? It uh, it's weird. I don't like the hook. I don't love the hook. I don't like the hook either. I mean, I, like, I don't mind. Ross, I mean, Ross and, and Kendrick on a Neptune's beat. I'll take that. And I kind of like the beat. Um, it's just we. It's just weird. Just you've had you have this consistent groove of Pharrell, Snoop, and Charlie Wilson. And all of a sudden, you've got this hip hop record at the end. Right. It's just it's just weird. But but overall, like there there's such a nice combination of songs on here. Like this is you can totally put this on in the background and you can listen to it. But 
Like they're just individual songs that are great. Um, and to like c- c- contrast it with the Tuxedo album, to me, like the Tuxedo album, they went to the trouble of mimicking that style, but they forgot sort of the core thing, which was make a catchy song. <laughs> mm. Like good hooks really matter. And this Snoop album is like some of these hooks are just like fantastic. Like I, it'd be really interesting to see. Like I, I'm actually kind of surprised they're. California Rolls can be the first single. Um, I know it's got Stevie on it, but like, I think that's why it's the first. Oh, I mean, it's a good song. I think it's a dope song, but yeah. A- Awake is such an obvious. Like I love. Like Awake is just so catchy. Uh, yeah. I mean, here's the better question because I've seen people get upset who say that they wish Snoop would have rapped on this album. No, no. What do you no. want from a 40 year old Snoop Dogg? I don't want him rapping. If you think about it, his biggest hit in the latter career was what? Sensual Seduction, a song where he doesn't rap. That song wasn't that big of a hit. That, I said that's his biggest hit. What was a bigger, what's a bigger Snoop Dogg record than that in the last five to seven years? Okay. This is but actually really rock. interesting. Oh, that's a really interesting question because I kind of feel like I need to go to his discography. What, I Want to Love You? <laughs> I mean, that might be a big, that might have been a bigger record like, you know, billboard wise but i don't like that song his discography is insanely long as you might imagine so absolutely uh let's see oh i forgot about that reincarnated album what that doesn't that no i don't know who that is oh you know what young wild and free nah that was a huge record that's wiz's record (laughs) okay okay (laughs) that's a wiz khalifa song okay and Uh, it's a bruno mars song mm mm-hmm so then before that, yeah, maybe Sexual Seduction, probably. I Want to Rock, nah. Gangsta Love technically did better, I think. Uh, that's the dream record, right? Yeah. Do I want to go to a live Snoop show and hear Gangsta Love? No. Is it just me or are most songs about gangsta loving, like, not good? Well, the only written, other song I could think of it as even Alicia Keys. I was going to say. I, de- I detest that song. I don't even remember what that song sounds like. Oh, I'll play it for you. <laughs> Give me one. Give me one second. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm going back through the. Uh, he had a run. Beautiful, drop it like it's hot. Let's get blown. Signs. Nice little Oof. early mid 2000s run. Oh, signs. Oh, uh, yo. When he, I always say this. When he did signs at the BT Award, that was beautiful. Signs is crazy. Signs see, is crazy. Let's get blown is crazy. See a Pharrell and Snoop like set at a festival would be incredible. Yeah, it would. Cause he could, cause Snoop could do his old records. Pharrell could do his own records, but then they could come. They could have a like a, a thing in the middle where they just do all their or songs. Or even just right now, this summer, they could do all the stuff they want to off this album. But then they've got all the old classics they can go to. They've got they've got Drop It Like It's Hot. They've got Beautiful. Let's Get Blown. Yeah. I mean, they could even pull out like It Blows My Mind, but I mean, they won't do that. Uh, from the Church to the Palace, no. Right. I forgot from the church. To the, I forgot about it blows my mind. Wow. I know. I know. So, yeah. So we say all that to say Bush is a really good summer album. I, let, me ask, let me ask you this, Doc. Yeah. We can end the show like this. Okay. What are some albums that you are going to pull out specifically for the warmer months? Or, just, or not even al- albums, songs, artists, genres, like whatever. Uh, you know, you're only built for Cuban links. No, I'm just kidding. Um, actually, no, but- that's actually true. That's actually probably true at some point. No, um, NERD is really good for summer. Um, yeah. I, I tend to like playlists. Like, I'm going to go, I'm not going to lie. Like, you know, uh, you you kind of got to th- throw on some, you know, like old school Naughty by Nature. Um, Man, I've been listening to a lot of 90s hip hop lately. And like, yo, Naughty, like even the songs that I hated, like Feel Me Flow is a, is a really, really dope song. Right. Feel Me Flow. Like, I, I feel like I, if I don't have this play, I have parts of this playlist, but I really just need to make a like '90s like classic summer records because there's some records I hear and I just immediately think of like summer in the '90s. Like I need, I need to do that. Like I, I like a lot of that stuff because I'm old. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else am I, I going to listen to this summer? I should ask you just the beginning of the show. So yeah, so I could think about it. I mean, uh, that's a really good question. I don't. I don't really know. I mean, I do actually like to, you know, I generally actually like, you know, when it comes around for the 20th anniversary of Cuban Links, like, you know, am I going to listen to it? Well, I, I like to listen to Cuban Links at least once a month anyway, because I'm, I'm a nerd. So yeah, but no, nah, um, yeah, any art, like that first NERD album, such a good summer album. Yeah, I think the second was a good summer album too. It is, I but think, the first actually was, the first three, because even Seeing Sounds has some really good. It does. Stuff. It does. The records on Seeing Sounds that really work are incredible. 
Yes, um, they are. Neptunes have really great summer records. They do. I was just looking at like, because I was like, oh, like there's even some stuff off like the Clones album I would listen to. <laughs> yep. I mean, you know, I mean, we did a Neptunes retrospective. We did. But I, you know, I still like uh, in the, the warmer months. I like to pull out uh, Mariah Carey Say Something. No, I don't. I don't that, ever pull that out ever. Don't know that. I'm just go ahead and tell you not to know that. No, I, I pretty much nah everything Mariah Carey did after that Butterfly album. Like, <laughs> nah, she get nah. She has some records on the Emancipation. I like that at all. For starters, no. for starters, no. she referred to herself as Mimi. I was pretty much off the off the bandwagon there. Um, and secondly, like, I, <laughs> look, I have so much respect for like '90s Mariah, but you have to admit she did pretty much inspire every horrible reality show singer. To think that if they close their eyes and put their one finger in the ear, they can hit a high. Nah, stop it. Um, and frankly, she's just oversaying the heck out of most of her stuff. And but this is I can't, but I can't because I saw she was getting slandered this weekend at the Billboard Music Awards. Like I cannot slander Mariah Carey. I can't. No, I can't. Nah, I can't. Okay. I just can't. Too many records. Too many records for me. Too many okay. records. And I had, a, I had a I had a crush on early Mariah Carey though. Everybody had a crush on early Mariah Carey. I don't want to cry, Mariah Carey. Like. Or and actually ninety three to ninety five Mariah Carey ninety no I I liked early, I I liked first album Mariah I liked black dress curly hair Mariah yeah up and up until uh, sh- uh short short always be my baby swinging on the tire Mariah I, and then but then you know she got with Puff and then she started you know she got a little crazy I, I think thirteen year old Armand loved that but sure sure but you know thirty thirty year old Armand is like meh. yeah. <laughs> But you know, thirty year old Armand's like, you know, always be my baby Mariah. You know, you might you might swipe right on Tinder. Yeah, yeah. Always be my baby Mariah was cool. I'm not you know, I I take her home and, and, and meet mom, you know what I'm saying? She can meet mom. Mm. Uh but you know, I might you know, speaking of Mariah, what about the uh the honey remix? Yeah, I mean like? bad boy remixes like uh only you remix. Like Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have to make a bad boy remix. I mean, I get. Well, I guess they have that remix album, huh? Nah, it's not actually. That's a good. That's a decent summer. Like, just throw it in. But then you got to deal with like the Bad Boy for Life remix. Who's on the Bad Boy for Life remix? You don't remember that? Hold on. Kinda. Was it the Megahertz one? It that, was like it was a different beat, slightly different. But uh, Big Bang Buster Rhymes and MOP was on it. Big Bang Buster Rhymes. <laughs> I don't remember this song. Oh no. Because they sort of they sort of slightly reflipped the synths. Right. Yeah, it was It was pretty. So let me look at this We Invented the Remix track list. Special Delivery, I Need a Girl, Parts 1 and 2, Yo. Dance With Me Remix. Fam. Oh my God, Two Step Into the Bass. Yeah, Benny, Benny killed that. Uh, Man, I Need a Girl Part 1. Woo. Yes. Is this the Bad Boy for Life remix? Hold on. Yeah, this is. <laughs> you going to play it? Of course I am. All right. Yep, that's it. Oh. Oh, how do you feel about the, this new Puff album coming out at the end of June? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm happy because we're going to get, you know, I, we're at least going to get some really good production. Well, it depends. Last time, we, last was time we heard Puff, he was doing his best Meek Mill rendition. Yeah, I don't want to hear that. But the, whatever whatever producer he jacked for the beat to that uh, Cologne commercial, that was a good beat. Um, I, didn't, I didn't see it. You, you didn't watch the Cassie commercial? <laughs> Lies. Nah, I really I'm didn't. just kidding. just kidding. Yeah, I'm chilling. I watched it for the beat. <laughs> no, you know what? You know why I believe you? Because Fox Radio Speakers, this is the guy who took a, a Dr. Dre beat from the Coors Light commercial. Yo, I just it. I just ran across that the other day. Because ah. I'm I'm moving I'm moving everything. I finally have a I got a Mac. I'm moving all my stuff off to. So I'm I, I'm transferring everything to an external drive and moving it over. And I was like, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Like it, it was one of those beats that like I sat on forever, but I was like, I'm gonna write to this one. Yeah, he was crazy. And then and then Doc, knowing Doc, like he actually like he just he just he he doesn't just do your standard loop. Like no, I re-EQ'd it. I mean because in it. no, I re-EQ'd because you know I first of all I had to grab like the DVD rip of the commercial, and then I I I ripped the audio, and then I still had to sequence it, and the bass wasn't right, and you know these are these are concerns young Doc had when he had time for things like this. <laughs> I just thought about the uh, the one commercial, the uh, the Neptune's was it the Nike commercial? Oh. Yeah. Reeks of that's that's what I want to do this summer. There's two things I want to do this summer. Okay. One, I want to get into a big water fight. (laughs) 
two, okay. I want a Harlem Shake. <laughs> uh, I hate to break so, it to you. Whatever Puff's doing, you won't be Harlem shaking to it. I'll, I'll just, I'll just, you know, those records you were just referencing. Right. Dance with me, Peaches and Cream. Uh, I need a girl part two. That's plenty of of Harlem shakery for me, and not the Bauer Harlem Shake either. Nope. G Depp Fish and Spaghetti Harlem Shake. Yeah, I was. What record is Fish and Spaghetti? What is that? Name That's that Let's Get It. Let's Get It. That was a nice. Did they have a remix too. Was there a Let's Get a Remix? I feel like there was. I, I'm sure people love hearing us. Um, I think uh, they Google. do because yeah. nobody, nobody ever says, "Yo, when y'all be looking at that stuff, man." <laughs> like nobody, no, nobody ever says, "Like don't do that." I've never heard a complaint about us looking up stuff. There is a Let's Get It Remix. There is. There's two of them. Yeah, we just happy to be this is the remix. Fucking cocksucker. Come on, man. <laughs> Thanks, Kane. Oh. Where's the second one? It's on the Bad Boy for Life 12 inch, apparently. Whatever that is. But this is the one I well, I don't really remember. I'm not gonna lie, I don't really remember this because you know, when you're first when the first two guys up are uh Kane and Mark Curry, um <laughs> not hang on Mr. Cooper, but the other Mark Curry. Um book, book about Puff. I read that whole book. Did you? Yeah, it was a uh, somebody uh, put it online on so, and I was bored at work one day, and I read the whole book. Oof. It was a good read, but it you know it was, it was a, t- a tad bit embellished, a little embellished. There was some records on the uh, on the saga continues. Yes, there were. We talked about that on the bad boy record. We did. Yes. We did. Let's get it. Bad Boy for Life was cool for the time. I hated That's Crazy. Um, yeah, that was a, a a very obvious attempt at uh, right. doing Whoa. Oh, uh, so complete. Nah, they had the, they had the uh, Roll With Me, the 8-Ball and MJG record. Um, can't Believe was cool. Yeah, can't, that, that was when Diddy was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start just reusing every 90s hip-hop song. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't, nobody like reused like Blase, Blase, Danger. This is crazy, Doc. I'm just going... Fan, you know Russell Westbrook is at this lottery draft. Oh, it's starting for, right for, now, what? isn't it? Yeah. Oh, should we just live, should we just record our reactions live? Hold on. When? when I mean, why not? When does this start? Uh, I mean, they're they're interviewing. Yeah, I heard he was there. Um, they've got a the 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 uh, they've got a point five percent chance of landing the number one pick. <laughs> I forgot. Oh, so yeah, technically the Timberwolves have the um, best chance, huh? Oh, do they? Okay. Yeah. Larry Bird. See. See, I, I feel like Larry Bird can still, like, if you leave him in a corner, he's still going to give you, like, 11. <laughs> I really feel like that. You feel like, One, you, you feel like you can still make those threes? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so, question, uh-huh. Doc. Is, yeah. is, 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 Steph, is, is, uh, is Steph the greatest shooter ever now? Ooh. Has he passed Ray Allen and, and, and Reggie Miller and, and Larry so, Bird? You're not putting Reggie Miller on that list. Um, I absolutely am. Nah, he's a, he's an overrated bum. Um, nah, dude, nah, you hating son? You you call <laughs> you, you call Roy Hibbert a bum? Your man Reggie Miller? No, you're not gonna put Reggie Miller in the same category. Of course I am. No, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go all out Jay Z on you. His commercials suck. Um, his studio presence sucks. Um, <laughs> okay, he, he's not he's not the best commentator, and he wasn't a really good shooting guard either. He just wasn't that good. He had really clutch moments, and that's what people remember. But I don't even think he's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> you want to record? You recorded my reaction to you going in on one of the greatest shooters ever. Oh, okay, okay. just yeah. Mm, let's okay. It's Vladdy Device is on TV. I'm not going to disrespect Vladdy Device by talking over him, even though my TV's on mute. <laughs> okay, so Philly has a uh, close to a 16 percent chance. Oh, of getting the um. Number one pick, yeah. yeah. Magic CEO is there. Byron Scott, Byron Scott. Lakers got a twelve percent chance. Yeah. Uh, Nerlens Noel. Okay, that's Philly again. Yeah, Philly's really hoping. They're hoping for a couple things. Like, there's actually there's one there's like one scenario where they can end up with the one, the six, and the eleven. Because if the Heat fall out of the top ten, they get the Heat's pick. And if the uh, if the Lakers follow the top five, they get the Lakers pick. So they need two people to jump into the top three, which isn't going to happen. But you know, yeah, Timberwolves got a twenty five twenty five percent chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this on now? Is it? Are they doing it now? Are they going? If they're going to a commercial, I'm going to be mad. Yeah, they're going to a commercial. They're not going to announce this till the end. Nah, this, this goes till up. nine, right? Is it? Yeah, man. So you mean to tell me? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So you mean to tell me that they're they're about to show <laughs> this woman putting? Okay, never mind. I'm I was about to be like I thought she was about to put those joints on. Yeah, coming up next. 
Do you want? Do you want to record our reactions live? Or do you want to end the episode? <laughs> we should probably end the end the episode. Yeah, because I don't want. I don't. I don't want to wait, man. I want to wait. My homegirl's texting me talking about she want to go see Mad Max. I don't know if I want to do that. I not. saw it this weekend. It's crazy. It's a, it's a wild ride. Yeah. Yeah. There's like there's enough ideas. There's enough original ideas to fill like five movies. See, I don't know if I, I don't know if my senses want to do that on a Tuesday. I feel like I need a I need a weekend and I need a. You, you're um, not you ain't going up on a Tuesday. Nah, club ain't going up on a Tuesday. Um, but I, f- I feel like I need like a dinner after that. Like, <laughs> yeah, because I mean, you're you're gonna want to talk about them. right because it was like it was like the first time I saw Gone Girl. Like, well, I needed a minute. That's because you were afraid of the lady who was sitting next to you. Like that's well, that's different. I'm still afraid of her. <laughs> <laughs> not because she scares me but just because i saw that movie with her and i was looking out the corner of my eye that's and we've talked about that movie a couple times and that still remains time. the first time somebody sees that when you get to that one scene it's an all-time like leap out of your chair and go oh no fam right I, in the I, middle I, just decided to like just yeah. slit I, his throat ah, right at, a, at a man's most uh, vulnerable I, uh, moment you kill him <sighs> She was, she was putting in work. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> All right. And on that note, we're going to end this week's Clack Radio Speakers. Yeah. Um, thank you all for listening. As always, you can find the episodes on clackradiospeakers.com. You can find them on soundcloud.com slash clackradiospeakers. And you can find us on fourthdistrict.com with good folks uh, are helping us out, reposting our stuff. And again, being very uh, gracious about us just being like, yeah, I know you want to work with us, but we want to take two months off. They've been the coolest people ever. We love it. Um, yeah. I have no idea what we're going to talk about next week. Are we doing one or two more episodes? Uh, we'll play by it. All right. We're definitely doing at least one. We'll do one after Memorial Day. Um, so side A, we talked about Jay-Z's title, B-Sides Concerts. We talked about some random stuff with streaming. It was good episodes. Good episode. If you didn't hear it and you heard this one first, it's all good. You can go back and listen to that one. Otherwise, as always, use the hashtag Clock Ready Speakers. Let us know what you think. And Amon, you got anything else to say? <laughs> I hate this. This song. is what this song sounds like. Oh God. Terrible. Terrible. That song is uh, terrible. Just one of them. Yes. Yeah. That started the decline of Alicia Keys. She put I think she put out Diary <laughs> after that. Diary's oh, her no. best album. And then I liked Unplugged, As I Am, had some records, and then it's just... Mm. But that, that's, all, that's all I have to say. Happy Kairos Day. Happy Kairos Day. Day. Happy Kairos Day. Uh, we're putting out a record. Well, actually, I'm actually rapping over the theme song on the Clock Radio Speakers because it was originally supposed to be on the album and all that other stuff. Um, so yeah, enjoy that. You'll be able to get that at armandwakeup.com and on my Twitter and all that stuff. You follow me there. So yeah, yeah.